Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the third in our series on the Psalms. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelow, and I serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so technically this is our third in our series on Psalms. Mm-hmm. We have covered an intro and overview, which we encourage you to go back and listen to. And then we've also done one on Psalms of Praise. A happy topic. A happy topic. It seems like this time we're going to a not quite so happy topic. This particular set is on the Psalms of Corporate Lament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what makes a corporate lament psalm? Well, let's unpack those two words just to begin with. Please. Corporate means group. So just like in the Psalms of Praise, as we talked about in our last podcast, you can tell if this psalm is about a group or about an individual by looking for the we or the I Okay. as the narrator of the psalm. And so again, it's less about who specifically wrote it because okay. we can't prove that David wrote it. We can't prove that any community specifically wrote them although they are attributed by some, and you can dive down into that authorship hole if you wish. I wish to not. Mm-hmm. But Google's got your back if you want to. That's right. Many scholars have written many papers. Go diving, see what you find. What we are looking at is simply the narrator within the psalm will either say I or we, and that makes something corporate or individual. So we are looking at group, corporate, Psalms of lament. So the word lament is not used very much in our common culture anymore. No, it's an old-timey word. Which is a shame, I think. There's such power in the word. And I think that it's also because as a culture, North American culture where we are currently, we we don't like grief. No. Just in general. We don't like grief. We don't like dealing with death. We don't like looking at death. We don't like looking at grief. We expect people to be over a death in the family in three days so they can return to productivity. And we certainly don't want to listen to them go on and on and on about their grief. Absolutely, because that makes you want to go home and go to bed. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make you want to go out and shop and sustain the economy. So grief and lament and actually diving into that grief and articulating that grief is something we avoid in our culture. And I think, personally, this is my personal opinion, I think that that is part of the reason why we are so sick in our country. Mm. I think the inability to grieve... And you're talking physical ailment here. I think physical, mental, spiritual. Okay. Because I think when we avoid learning how to grieve and grieve fully, when we avoid things... That causes us to physically be unwell. Mm -hmm. It also causes a lot of mental unwellness. Sure. So depression and other things that can catch up with us and all of that ties in. So when we don't allow ourselves the space, the time to grieve and articulate the grief, or if we've never learned how, you know, if we're a part of a family system that doesn't talk about those things and doesn't say, like, I was really hurt when XYZ happened or I'm feeling really sad today. Mm-hmm. The entire culture around toxic masculinity that tells individuals who identify as male that they're not allowed to feel grief, to mm-hmm. be sad. Boys don't cry. Boys don't cry, right? I've seen some beautiful 
like people editing children's books where it's like a picture of a young person who I am strong so I don't cry and someone had crossed out the so and the don't and changed it to I am strong and I cry mm. to show that you can cry and still be strong. Mm -hmm. They are not mutually exclusive things. And so lament has been a part of human existence since the very beginning, right? Being sad, grieving, having big emotions around loss and unfairness and things that are wrong and things that are tearing people and societies apart instead of building them up, knowing that that's bad and feeling, having deep feelings about that is part of our culture since the very beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And these psalms of lament, whether they be corporate or individual, I think can be incredible tools for our current culture in teaching us how to articulate it, how to walk through it, and how to find our way again. Okay. So I think they are perhaps one of the deepest and richest gifts of our Psalter. Psalms of praise are great, but we know how to say everything's great and grand. Mm -hmm. Look at how great everything is in my life. Everybody should be happy and joyful. Sure. We already know how to do that. Every commercial tells us how to do that. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to take that frown and turn it upside down. That's right. Keep calm, carry on, right? So all of that, our culture teaches us how to do, but this is unique in that not only do the laments teach us how to be sad, but they show us that people have been sad for millennia. You are not alone in being sad. Totally not alone. You're not the first person to feel this way. And then the anatomy of those laments really shows us how to get through the grieving process. Okay, so in the Psalms of Praise, mm -hmm. we talked about both, but this time we're going to split up the corporate and the personal. Yep. So corporate, which is this week's topic, mm -hmm. give me a little more background on that and what it is. Yeah. So let's take a look. As we did last week, we have some worksheets that are available. You can find them at our website, centralportland.org, and then just click on the podcast page. So you can take a look at that. Or if you have a Bible handy, or you can go to biblegateway.com if you have a computer handy of any form that gets to the internet. Look up Psalm number 74. So Psalm 74 is the one I'm going to use to kind of explain how this corporate lament works. Okay. So looking at that, you first see this little title, and we'll take a little time to take a look at that title, A Maskil of Asaph. Hmm. That so, means absolutely nothing to me. I know, right? It means very little to me too, just so you know. But in the same way that we have like Psalm of David mm. or A Maskil of Asaph, the idea was that A Maskil is a type of song. Asaph may have been a priest or a place. Okay. So this was a song that could be used within worship. Okay. If I am way wrong on that, if I'm remembering incorrectly, scholars out there, call me out on it. I am not afraid to be corrected. Just do it relatively kindly or I'll just go <laughs> sit with a lament and feel bad for a little while <laughs> exactly. and find my way on through that. So the first thing you find in this group lament is you'll find a complaint. Sure. That's how we start them off. That find makes a sense. Complaint. And the you of the complaint is directed at God. Okay. And the subject, the person, is a plural we or us. 
Again, we're talking about us as a group. Okay. The complaint isn't they are attacking us, right? Because that means that there are other people. That's not the subject of the complaint isn't God. No, it's God has failed us somehow. Exactly. Oh, nice. Exactly. That's where we start. Okay. If you think of the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, Jesus, where were you when we needed you? If you were here, he would not have died, right? It's aimed directly at God. Our grief just aims directly at God. Where were you? Because if you actually showed up, if you were actually a part of our lives, this wouldn't be happening. Hmm. Right? It's that feeling. And I know lots of people who oh, feel, feel that, that feeling. Most of the time. Right? And so again, normalizing that and making that, which I think in North America, in North American Christianity, certainly, we don't normalize that feeling. If you are angry at God and think that God has abandoned you, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look, look at verse number one of Psalm 74. God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Where are you? Why Mm -hmm. are you doing this to us? It's just this accusatory, no holds barred, God, where are you? And that opens it up. The next thing you're going to see is a call for help. Remember your congregation, which you acquired long ago. You redeemed You came to dwell. Direct your steps to the ruins because the enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Like, show up. These are your people. You created this place. You show up here. Mm -hmm. And it's that call for help. Okay? Then the next thing that you're going to see in any group lament are going to be a list of complaints. Oh, Okay. (laughs) Right? Your foes have roared within your holy place. They set up their emblems, the upper entrance. They hacked with the wooden trellis and axes. And then with hatchets and hammers, they smashed all the carved work. They set your sanctuary on fire. They desecrated the dwelling place of your name, bringing it to the ground. They said to themselves, we will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We don't see our emblems. There's no longer any prophet. There is no one among us who knows how long we have to deal with this. How long, oh God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why do you hold your hand back? Why do you keep your hand in your bosom? Why aren't you showing up? Mm -hmm. Right? They destroyed everything that was held dear to us. They destroyed our places of worship. They destroyed our ability to see you. Why aren't you showing up? No holds barred. Oh, they're not holding anything back. Uh -uh. They're not pulling any punches. And this is something that you can apply very easily, very readily throughout about every age you can think of. Exactly. And it's something that happens in human existence, right? It's something... It's still happening today, unfortunately. Absolutely. The beauty of a lament is that it gives you permission to aim directly at God... It gives you permission to ask for help, shows you how, list of complaints. Lay out your grievances. Lay out your grievances, right? They are valid Mm -hmm. and they are valuable and they probably have been listed before. Someone else has probably experienced this kind of thing before. But every lament will always end with an affirmation of trust in God. Huh. 
So it allows you to start with this blaming of God and a listing of complaints and lets you feel all that anger. But a lament will always, always, always pull your heart to trust. And so verse 12, yet God is from old, working salvation in the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the dragons in the water. You crushed the heads of the Leviathan. You gave him his food for creatures of the wilderness. You cut openings for springs and torrents. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day. Yours is the night. You established the luminaries in the sun. You fixed all the bounds of the earth. You made summer and winter. God, everything is yours. And I'm going to believe that you are bigger than all of these things that I'm experiencing. Right? So every lament gives you permission to feel the darkness and calls you to trust that God is bigger than that. And I think a psalm of community lament is this cry of a community in pain. Mm-hmm. And a lament doesn't leave you there. It moves you beyond it. It helps you to move beyond it. Okay. It calls you to move beyond it. It calls you to put your trust that there is something bigger and something different on the other side of this. You can't get over grief. No. I know a lot of people who are like, well, just get over the death of XYZ. Like, just get over the death of your pet. You can't get over something like that. You get through it. But you have to go through that grief. And you have to go through that anger. And you have to go through that pain. And a lament shows you how to go through the pain. And it shows you how to articulate, I believe that God is bigger than this. And God is in more control. And that this will not last. It certainly seems way more realistic to end with that kind of trust in God than to come back to something that's just praise him. Right? That would seem disingenuine. Totally. A person in the midst of this kind of lament community, in the midst of this kind of lament, is not ready. No. To be like, yeah, praise. Whoa, whoa. Not going to be there. But to be able to say, okay, I have seen Mm -hmm. how you are bigger than these things. And I'm going to trust that. Now, laments are hard. Corporate lament especially is really hard because a lot of times you can find that it feels extremely violent. Okay. There are, you know, I didn't choose a violent one to read. Yeah, but even in the one that you did choose to read, there's tearing down of things and breaking of things. And I'm sure there's rending and all sorts of... Gnashing of teeth. Exactly. One of the ones that gets a lot of like, well, the Bible is awful, and how could you say this? And I remember this coming up. It's Psalm 137, so I'm just going to address it. Okay. Because I think this is the kind of thing that... I'm sure it likes to be pretexted. Yeah, or, you know, it's a way to say how violent these faiths can be. And it also gives kind of a lead-in to say, you know, move to the next psalm. So remember when I said that if it seems like something is missing, then move either read the one before or the one after exactly read the psalm before or the psalm after so psalm 137 is a corporate lament okay so it's a group lament and what you hear is this kind of story 
and it starts by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down, and there we wept when we remembered Zion. And so the history there is the people had been taken from their land and were living in captivity as slaves. Mm. Their community had been violently military style taken over and they had been sold into slavery. Okay. By the rivers of Babylon, by the rivers of this new land, we sat down and we wept when we remembered home. On the willows there, we hung our harps for there our captors asked us for songs and our tormentors asked for mirth saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. And so you hear the grief, right? This incredible grief of these people who have lost everything. The violent part comes at the end. Happy shall they be who pay you back what you have done to us. Happy shall they be who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. We're getting into a little Hatfield and McCoys here. And that's the end of that psalm. Oh, when eye for an eye and right? call the quits. But if we ignore the grief of people who have been taken away from their home, and whose children and spouses and people have been killed. And we expect them to be grateful to still be alive. No, well, that's how you get locked into that cycle of... Incredibly Violence against violence, yep. Violence. Again, in, in the first podcast about this, I talked about how I encountered the Psalms for the first time right after September 11th. Mm-hmm. And... One of the students was like, how can there be something this violent in our scripture? And how can this be good? How can we see anything redeemable about talking about killing children? And the professor said, do you really believe that there isn't a mother who doesn't want vengeance right now for what has just happened? Mm -hmm. And if we think about the darkest moments in our lives... And we may not articulate it, and we may never act on it, right? There's a difference between feeling it and acting on it. But I can imagine moments of grief if my child had been killed in a school shooting, wanting that fellow child to be killed as well. Mm -hmm. And if we do not learn how to articulate that, we hide it, and we're so ashamed that we would even think of it, and we don't want to go there and we ignore that pain and that deep grief, then it stays within us and we never process it out. So this horrible, atrocious, awful, evil feeling of I want vengeance, I want that child dead, my child is dead, your child should be dead, right? Saying that out loud, saying that we feel that out loud. The next psalm Right? This is a huge feeling that this ends on. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, big thing, right? The next psalm begins with, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. Because we never end there. 
we never end at that deep, dark feeling. It might be a huge pause between I want your kid dead too, to God, you're the one in charge and I'm going to give you praise and I'm going to trust you're going to make this world a better place. There might be a great big break and a great big pause there. Mm -hmm. But if we can articulate it, if we can state it, if as a community we can admit we feel these things, then as a community we can find our way to saying, and God is in charge, and there's going to be a different way to get through this. We don't have to seek out vengeance. We don't have to kill in cold blood. We can find a way through, trusting in a God of love and a God who believes in the well-being of all people. We will find a way. So community lament is rough, right? We rarely read these in worship. Well, that was going to be my next question. How much do these show up or do you kind of scoot on by them? I don't purposely scoot on by it. It's not in our lectionary. Okay. They're not assigned. And the sections of Psalms that get this violent, that gets this lamenty, oftentimes they will pull those sections out. Hmm. So if you see on a Sunday morning a worship service where it's like Psalm whatever, and then it has like like a huge... three lines. mm -hmm. (laughs) Or a section that's missing, like... Verses 1 through 12, 26 to 32. Oh, no way. That entire center section of lament and that entire center section naming the darkness of our hearts and the darkness of our souls gets yanked from worship. Wow. And in some ways I get it because we so rarely will preach on the Psalms. We so rarely unpack it. Yeah, but in this day and age with some of the crazy stuff that's going on currently, it could be incredibly helpful. Exactly. And so, again, we, you know, see these and we think, oh, all the violence that we're perpetuating. And it's, I don't think that the purpose of this is to say that you should feel good about wanting to dash other people's kids against the stones. Like, that's not what's going on in Psalm 137. It's just admitting to the really, really real stuff that people who are in places of violence live with and who have suffered great atrocities actually feel And if we can admit that those are our feelings, we can move through. We can try and find the way to move through as a community, if not individually. I think you may have just answered my last question. Because our culture knows how to praise Mm -hmm. and knows how to do the positive stuff, but we don't know how to do the big, dark, hard stuff. I think that the laments are perhaps one of the most powerful tools we have but that are also really underutilized. So I like teaching the Psalms Mm -hmm. because I get to teach people about the Psalms of Lament. This is the real reason I want to teach this Mm -hmm. is because I want people to know they have this tool in their scripture. I would never have known that they were there otherwise. Yeah. It's a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. And that's why I broke it into like we actually have spent our full yeah. Day on the corporate, because we'll spend a full session on individual lament as well. All right. Next because time. Because it's important. We grieve as a culture and we grieve as individuals. Sure. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about corporate lament psalms. I look forward to sitting down with you next week on the next topic. As do I. If you are continuing in that journaling through one of the books of the psalms, keep an eye out for the laments. And Keep your heart open to how they stir you 
As we continue on this journey, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org by sending an email or contact us on Facebook. And we would always enjoy having a review from you on iTunes. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.